Well, grace and peace to you today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ today on uh, Sunday proper number seven. As we gather together to worship, I, I want us to, uh, to realize today what a blessing it is. Uh, as today is traditionally Father's Day, um, some of us have good experiences. Some of us might not have such good experiences. Some of us may know our fathers well. Some of us might not. And yet, the one thing that we can do, the one thing that we can rejoice in, is that we have a heavenly father that we can get to know. A heavenly father who loves us. A heavenly father who wants to care for us. And so, no matter where we stand on that spectrum today with our earthly father, we know that we have a heavenly father who is there and who embodies the very essence of what it means to be love and caring and kindness to us as children. As we enter into worship today, let us read together Psalms, Psalms chapter 9, verses 9 through 20. As always, the, the yellow text is for the, the response. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples. For he who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See what I suffer from those who hate me. You are the one who lifts me up from the gates of death so that I may recount all your praises. And in the gates of daughter Zion, rejoice in your deliverance. The nations have sunk in the pit that they made in the net that they hid has their own foot been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their hands. The wicked shall depart to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor perish forever. Rise up, O Lord. Do not let mortals prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them to fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are the only human. Let us pray this morning. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name. For you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, we're going to start our worship this morning with a song called My Lighthouse. I know we've done it a couple times. Um, so join with me as we begin our songs of worship this morning. In my wrestling, in my dance, in my 
peace in my troubled sea. In the silence you won't let go. In the questions your truth will hold. Your great love will lead me through. You are peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea.
a seat. We have a few announcements that we want to make sure we get to. Um, one of which, uh, camp is still coming up. It is still not too late to sign up. All you have to do is go online, fill out the form, and then click uh, pay by check later, and then print that off, get it to K, and we will uh, make sure that that's covered and go. I just had a meeting down at the campgrounds Saturday, yesterday, yesterday, uh, had a meeting there because I'm going to be a counselor for one of the camps and uh, they have a lot of fun stuff planned. So I encourage you to, to check it out. Um, I know this is small. You're not meant to read this. It's meant to be a visual reminder for me. And there is one that actually is a little bit bigger printed out in the back. So you can actually look at it. This is for district assembly and family camp. This is all the stuff that's going on. Um, this is coming up in the third week of July. And this is where all the different churches across the Michigan district get together and we have our assembly. This is where 
the new pastors get licensed and the, the pastors who work through the process become ordained. It's a big, big deal. And so there's some stuff that's going on. First off, that Sunday, which I believe is the 18th, we will not be here. Uh, Pastor Jessica is going to be running the whole show. Pray for her. Uh, but it's going, to be fairly, it's going to be fairly straightforward because they are going to be streaming the service and we are going to be streaming it here uh, so that we can participate still with everyone. So if you can't make it down there, if you don't want to drive all the way down to Kalamazoo, I don't know why it's only like a two-hour drive, but we're going to be showing it here. And then we will also have the evening service available where you can watch it because that is when Pastor Jessica is going to become district licensed, which is a huge step for her in her process of becoming a fully ordained pastor in the Church of Nazarene. And so uh, I encourage you, even if you don't go down for the morning service, to try to make it to the evening service, because that's a really fun time. They have, I think they said, 17 ordinands. Um, which is going to be crazy because that's a huge deal. But then they also have a lot of district licensed folks as well. Um, it's an amazing time, though, because you get to see how God's working across the Michigan district. And then all that week is family camp. They have a whole bunch of stuff that they're doing during that week. So even if you can only get away for like a day, try to come down there and do stuff. It's all free. You get to enjoy it. Um, they have some great speakers this year. All the They're having different pastors from each of the churches preached in the morning and evening services. So that's great. You get to hear someone else besides myself or Pastor Jessica. Uh, so it's a, it's a great time, uh, but I just wanted to make sure that you guys are aware of kind of what is going on with that. Women's group as well as teen uh, uh, youth group are both canceled. Youth group canceled tonight, women's group Wednesday. Are, both of those are canceled, so don't show up because the doors will be locked. Um, alabaster boxes, I want to remember, uh, take one of these home when you have loose change, when you have a few extra dollars lingering around, fill it up, because in September we're going to be collecting these. These go to build uh, churches, hospitals, and schools all across the world. And we, we collect them two times, both in September and in February. I'm trying to get a head start so that we are actually prepared. So I'm actually prepared uh, for it. So uh, grab one of these. If you need more of them, they're inside the little church building up here. Take it home and just uh, fill it up. Treat it as a fundraiser. Uh, dig into those cushions. Find all the loose change that's fallen, all that fun stuff. And as always, there's the ways in which you can give uh, through ties and offerings, the box and back online and through mail. Um, so let us uh, pray over the offerings this morning. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you give us, both in life and in the resources that you provide for us. I ask that you bless those who give. May what they give come from their hearts and may it be used and multiplied for the spreading of your kingdom in this place. And may we continue as a church to find ways in which to give of all of the resources that we have, both little and great. It's in your name we pray. Amen. The first reading today is 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 49. If you haven't been paying attention too much, we've been working through the book of 1 Samuel, both in the Sunday morning readings and in the daily readings that are on the monthly newsletters. 
and we've been working through the story of Saul and David. And so here we have a very classic story, 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 49. David said to Saul, let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, and rescuing the lamb from its mouth, and if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of the Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put on a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. But David strapped, and David strapped Saul's sword over the armor, and he, tied in, and he tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver me into you, deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the bo dead body of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, but, by the bat but for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Then the Philistine drew near to meet David. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and then struck the Philistine on his forehead. The, so, the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell down, face down, onto the ground. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. Join us as we continue to sing this morning. Our next song this morning is Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Um, it's number 20 in the hymnal if you want to follow along there. And I believe it's all verses, but I'm not sure. So join with me as we sing Praise to the Lord. Praise to the Lord, the 
second reading this morning is in 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 13. So 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 13 reads, As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness. 
in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. Together we say, thanks be to God. Our next song this morning is There is a Fountain. And that is number 255 in your hymnal. I 
it's my turn now. I get so confused when we change things. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I go up after the prayer. Now it's like, I don't know when I go up. Isn't that how things work, though? We change things, and then we don't remember what we're doing? Please tell me I'm not the only one. Thank you. This is me. Oh, man. It's just me. Well, this morning we are working our way still through Mark chapter 4. So, if you will, please turn in your Bibles or open up your Bible app, or it's on the screen as well, many ways. We are going to be in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And if you are able, please stand as we read God's word this morning. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. And you may be seated. I love the book of Mark in that it is short, sweet, and to the point. Mark does not include any fluff. And as you can see in this little um, excerpt here, we find multiple scriptures throughout the Gospels. Um, and everybody writes a little bit different. And Mike, or Mike, who's Mike? Mark does not include anything that does not need to be there. And so here we see this is actually, and um, I didn't know this, so I learned something new this week. This is the first of the nature miracles that Jesus, a pastor's knowingly like, yeah, that's right, thank you. Uh, this is first of the nature miracles that we see Jesus performing. Before, they were all healings, exorcisms, 
And a lot of people can try to explain those away. Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe this happened with the healing or that happened with the exorcism. But you can't really explain away calming a storm. And so he's, he's starting to really reveal himself um, as we travel through the gospel and through Mark. And this is one of those ways. You cannot explain away calming the wind and the waves. And the disciples will know and other people will know. They know the Old Testament, um, the Torah, and they are well aware of all of the Old Testament accounts where God has control over water. We have in Exodus when, Moses, or when God allows the seas to part and Moses helps take the Israelites out of Egypt and God delivered them and performed a nature miracle. He split the seas. And so we have this also happening here in Jesus showing that he also has that same power and control. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> we, here we see the Sea of Galilee, and if you have the maps in the back of your Bible, you'll see it's not really a sea. It's kind of like a lake. So you're like, how in the world are they on a lake and uh, their boat might capsize in this storm? Well, because of the location of the Sea of Galilee, though it's more like a lake, uh, the location made it really susceptible to potentially deadly storms where boats do capsize. And their boats were not like our boats, imagine that, and they could easily flip over and people die. So the disciples were rightfully afraid of what was happening and they were sailing at night. You can't see anything. They didn't have lighthouses then that I know of. And you can't see, your boat's going to capsize. So, of course, they're really afraid. And they weren't the only boat out there. In verse 36, it tells us that the crowd was with them. And the crowd was all those who had been listening to Jesus. And this happened right after he's told all these parables. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And now he's crossing this lake. So people were traveling with them. And it also says the other boats were with them. So some of the crowd is there, and they're, they're also in this storm, even if they're not in the same boat. Um, Mark omits what happened to those because it's not the point of the story. Like, Mark doesn't include all that extra stuff. So we don't know what happened to the other boats. We'll assume they were okay. But there were other boats on the sea with them. And then obviously this huge storm hits. I read that a squall is like, like a tornado-like thing. Like the winds like rush around in a circle, and then it brings the waves up around your boat. So if you can imagine your boat is like in the middle of a sea tornado. It's kind of what's happening. And the disciples are trying to save the boat, and then they go to find Jesus. And where is he but asleep? Just, just sleeping just chilling. He's like, this is fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Well, let's think about it, though. He has just spent how much time teaching and preaching to people. He is tired. I would be tired. I mean, yes, he's God, but he's also man, and you have to think that his body still have these limitations, and he is exhausted. 
So of course he's speaking. And then the disciples ask, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Wow. I feel like it's a little bold of them to ask. Here is a Jesus who has just spent all this time teaching and preaching. He's really tired. He is just trying to take a nap. Um, and here are the disciples like, do you, not, do you not care if we die? Like, do you not care about us? But of course, their response, they know he cares, but they're responding out of this fear and panic. Here they are. I read uh, they found a boat in the Sea of Galilee, I don't know how many years ago, and it's only about four feet deep. It's like 20-some feet wide, seven and a half, or 20-some feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and like four feet deep. So you imagine you're in that type of boat when this like water tornado is like spinning around you. And this is kind of like, of course you will panic. It's, you know, I would panic. And so they're like, teacher, don't you care if we drown? But it's not because they don't think he cares for them. They are scared and they are fearful and they are panicking because I'm pretty sure that's what we would do. Even if we have the most decorated, experienced captain on board with us, we are, of course, going to respond out of our fear and panic, even if we know our captain knows what they're doing. So Jesus gets up. I'm sure he's slightly annoyed. Uh, I think all of you would be, like if your kids wake you up and you know they're okay, you know, they don't think they're okay and they need your reassurance. And even though they're like, yeah, yeah, I can give you my reassurance, but like, why'd you wake me? It's 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. But that is what happens. And Jesus is still like, all right, I guess I'm up. We'll just calm the storm since I'm here. And he rebuked the wind and the waves and he said, quiet, be still. And Jesus was not asking the wind and the waves. He didn't politely ask, can you just like tone it down because my people are scared? He commanded the wind and the waves to be quiet and be still. And here we see after Jesus has done these miracles and these healings and these exorcisms, he is now still breaking down his identity and revealing that. He is divine, and he is revealing more of himself to his disciples and to the crowds. And so when all this happens, because the disciples are still not fully grasping who he is, and when he did this, what did they say? They were terrified. Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. They still weren't quite getting it. They have seen him do all of these things, and they still don't get it. But now they were awestruck. It uses terrified, but awestruck is a little bit of a better word. They weren't terrified of Jesus. They were awestruck because they know their Old Testament teachings in the power that God has to command nature and water 
And now they are seeing their teacher do the exact same thing. And I have taught this scripture many times over the years, especially to teens. It's a, it's a pretty easy scripture to go through. Most people know this scripture. Um, and you can teach it every which way. And I was thinking, well, God, like, how do you want me to, what new way? You know, what can I get out of it now? I don't want to do the same old, same old. And sometimes I've explained this. For those that don't know, I have anxiety and PTSD and see a counselor and all that jazz. And, and we kind of use imagery for how we feel. And have you ever felt like you were in a boat? I mean, like not fishing. Like I enjoy fishing. I've been in many boats. But you're in a boat drifting through darkness or a dense fog and no one or anything else is in sight of your boat? Or have you ever felt like you're in a boat and you have waves crashing around you and you feel that heaviness and like you are going to drown? And you're not alone. The disciples were scared too. I mean, they were in an actual boat, but sometimes we, we can feel like we're in that boat. And the disciples... They knew about God's great power. They had the teachings of the Old Testament. They knew his power over the sea. They have learned about it. It has been passed down for generations. And they had seen, as I said, Jesus perform these miracles and healings and exorcisms. And they knew his power. But they are in this boat. And they can't see through the storm. And they can't see through their fear to remember that to remember to have faith in their God and now Jesus. And so it's just like us, right? We know God. We know his teachings. We've seen him work, and we have faith in him. And we've also seen other people in similar circumstances that we ourselves are in when we're in our boat. And yet, why then can we not seem to believe that for ourselves. The disciples knew. They knew. They knew the teachings. They knew their God. Maybe they really didn't quite understand who Jesus was at the time, but they knew that no matter what, their God was going to get them through that. And they have seen their God provide that for other people, like the Israelites. Now they're in the same boat and they forget everything. Just like when we are in our boat and we can't see anything else or when there's waves crashing around us, we forget that our God can do that for us. We forget that other people have gone through this as well. But did you know, like the disciples, that you're not alone in your boat? I know it sounds cheesy. But you're not alone in your boat. It feels like it, right? I've described many times in my sessions, for me, it doesn't feel like waves. For me, it feels like I am drifting in this fog. I don't even see a lighthouse. I can't see anybody else. And sometimes that feels like it. We're alone in our storms, and we're drifting, and there's nobody in our boat. But there's people in your boat. Jesus is walking and sitting right beside us in our boat. 
yeah, we may not feel him in the moment, just like he was sleeping with the disciples, but he was there. He knew. He understood. And there are other people in our boat with us. And on Pentecost, I talked about the church being a corporate church. The corporate church is in our boat. We don't see them. We don't feel them. You could be sitting in this pew right now and feel like your boat is drifting in a fog and forget that all of us here and our friends who are on vacations, they might not be here physically, but they are in our boats. And it is so easy for us to forget when we are in our boat and going through our storm and, and feeling like there is no light. Like there, there's waves around us and we feel the heaviness and we're like, there is no one with us. But there are so many people. The disciples weren't alone and we are not alone either. There are people in your boat with you. Jesus is in your boat with you. God, the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity is in your boat with you. Surprised you're not sinking from the weight of the people in your boat. But glad you're not. That's not the point here. But your friends are in your boat. Your family is in your boat. And this church is with you. And I don't want any of us to ever forget that. Because sometimes we are in this boat and we feel like we have to pretend like we're not in a boat, right? We have to pretend like we come into church or into work or at home. And we put this little mask on and we pretend that we aren't in a fog. We pretend like we're trying not to drown. And we pretend that we don't feel so alone. You don't have to pretend. I mean, there's healthy boundaries. You don't have to tell everybody that you feel like you're on a boat alone. That's perfectly okay. But you have trusted friends and you have trusted family. And if maybe you don't have that, you have trusted people in this church. We will hop in that boat with you. And we will battle that storm with you. And Jesus is in the boat with us. You are not in the storm alone. Because when we are in that boat, and we are facing that storm head on, we forget God's promises. And that's okay. You know, I'm sure pastor does it. I do it. You, that's life. And that's okay to forget. But we're here to jump in with you and remind you of God's promises and to and to ride that storm out with you. That is what the church is for. So I wrote on my little sheet, leave room for Holy Spirit response. If anyone, you don't have to, but if there's anyone that would like to share so that we can jump in the boat with you, please know that time is always open. Now, prayer, prayer song. But that's what, if you don't get anything else, know that we're in your boat. Jesus is in your boat. 
and we're here to help you. Jesus is here to help you, even though sometimes we forget. So with that, Pastor is going to come up and do prayer time, and as I'm sure he'll say, and I'll say again, the altars are always open. Yes, and one of the ways we jump in that boat with others is through prayer. And boy, do we have things to pray about. Um, I have a note here. Um, Cindy has said her husband, Rod, is, is getting sicker and has stopped eating. It's not good, right? Our bodies need food. So we need to jump in the boat with Cindy and Rod, be in prayer with them, encourage her during this time. We need to jump in the boat with John and Yvonne. John went in the hospital, what was it? Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, he went in Tuesday because he had something weird going on. His heart's been going up and down, up and down. Uh, his heart rate just was not being stable. Um, so now they have it. Hopefully by this coming Tuesday, he will go in and have a pacemaker put in to, to help with that. And then also we need to jump in the boat with our fellow churches, um, it is, what's the church name? Corey, sorry, I was not hearing that. Corey Church in Nazarene, down by Three Rivers. Pastor PJ and his wife, Abby, uh, they got news that she has breast cancer. And so now they're going through that process, and it's, it's a tedious process. Um, and we're also going to be jumping in the boat here when we begin prayer. We're going to be jumping in the boat with Mike because he has surgery on his eyes coming up. And he wants safety. He wants assurance. The storm, the waves are crashing, and he's fearful because it's, it's big going into any surgery. There's always complications that can arise. And so we're going to jump in the boat with him, and we're going to pray over him. And so this is what we do when, when we want to show that we are working together and we want to... Uh, we want to be with others. We, we jump in the boat through prayer. And so let us enter into this time of prayer for one another. Holy Father, we pray today, first and foremost, we pray over Mike. We ask that you anoint his body as he prepares for surgery over his eyes. I pray, Father, that you be with the doctors. Help them to, to have precise hands and to have a, a successful surgery with no complications. And I pray that you be with Mike, that you help him with the fear that he has, the, the anxiety that comes when facing surgery. Continue to bless him, Lord, and give his body the strength it needs to recover. And Lord, may he just know that we are with him, and even more so that you are with him. Calm this storm within his life. Lord, we pray that you be with Cindy and her husband, Rod. Help them in their storm right now as he continues to have this degrading of his life. Father, I pray that you help Cindy as she cares for her husband. As she watches him slowly die. I pray, Father, that you help them in this time to calm that storm. 
May we join with them in the best ways that we can to encourage and to support them, to let them know that they are not alone. Lord, be with John and Yovan as yet another storm has come up in their lives the, after all the strokes that he's gone through and now with his heart. Father, please continue to help them. Help John as he is anxious to just get out of the hospital and to be home. And be with Yovan as she sits with him and cares for him and tries to understand all the jargon and all the information that the, uh, that the doctors are always giving back and forth to her. Father, calm that storm. And for, for Pastor PJ and Abby and their family, I pray that you be with them in this storm right now as she fights breast cancer. Father, calm that storm. Give them peace. And I pray that the church and Corey might stand up with them to embrace them and to love on them now to be our hands and feet, the extension of us as we try to love on them. May you use their body to show and demonstrate that they are not alone in the storm. And for each of us, Lord, all the squalls and storms in our lives, no matter how big they are, how small they are, they are a, a nuisance to us. They are a pain. They, they are a source of anxiety and fear, of worry. I pray that we might not forget that you are with us and that we have each other. May we make every effort to jump in the boats with each other, to be there with one another and to help remind each other that Jesus is with us, ready to calm the storm in our lives. Lord God of all creation, we come to you from our storm-tossed lives to seek your peace. We come to you with our questions and uncertainties, our worries and anxieties. We come to you from our joy and our happiness each emotion, a kaleidoscope of our feeling in life's changing patterns. More than all of that, we come to you because of what you have done for us in the love of Christ who bought our freedom by his sacrifice on the cross and showed us new life in his resurrection life. We bless you for the love which has no dimension of length, breadth, or height, coming as it does from the perfection of your being. We come to you knowing that sometimes we have received your grace in vain. We have not relied on your word or wisdom. We have not shown any concern or compassion when we should have. We have not loved our neighbor as we love ourselves. We have not remained silent when we should have, we have remained silent when we should have spoken and spoken when we should have been silent. We seize the moment to ask you from our dis, discontorted lives, for yet another chance of hearing you say to us, your sins are forgiven. May the mark of that forgiveness be your grace in us as we respond with grace and gratitude to your love. Eternal God, as we ask that you accept our prayers through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray that from the grace we have received that we may say, and what we do will enable those around us to glimpse the light of the Son 
who calmed the storm with words which still echo down the centuries. Peace be still. Amen. Christ our Lord invites us to his table, all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's sanctuary. It is our joy to praise and thank you Lord God, because you called your chosen people to be a wily David in the face of the Goliath of the nations. You equipped them with smooth stones of wisdom and faithfulness. Even when your children forgot your will and sought to become Goliath, you recalled them to their true identity and raised up among them a son of David to face Goliath of sin and death with your word of truth alone. And still today you call your church away from the threats and temptations of being Goliath, to risk and wonder of being remade to be like David in the image of Jesus. And so with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we join the unending song of your glory. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Faithful God in Christ, you speak to us amid the storm of our fear and dwell with us when our faith is weak. You are with us even when we lament our peril and doubt our destiny. Come upon your church today in the power of your spirit that your people may be reborn as children of hope and courage and endurance. Send that same spirit upon the bread in this cup that we may find them in the joy of your son, Jesus Christ, who at the supper with his disciples took the bread, gave you thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to them saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and gave it to his disciples saying, drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Sustaining God, inspire all whom you call to serve you, to realize that now is the day of salvation. Infuse your church with purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, and genuine love. 
When your disciples faced affliction, hardships, calamities, imprisonments, and hunger, make them possessors of all things in you. Until that day when dishonor and distrust and death are no more and your spirit fills your creation with the glory of your risen son, eternal father, forever and ever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is sharing in the blood of Christ. When you feel you are ready, please come up and receive the body and blood of Christ. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. one more song this morning, um, Cornerstone, and I was, as I was sitting there thinking about the words, um, it says, Christ alone, cornerstone, the weak made strong in the Savior's love. So join with me as we sing.
go from this place surrounded by the steadying love of God so that in the face of trial, adversaries, bullies, you will remember that the Lord who has redeemed you every time before will do so again. Go in strength and faith to serve God. Amen. And for all the guys, there's something sweet for you, so see my wife.